We had a blast last weekend. Did everyone enjoy themselves? It was cool. It was so much fun. Uh, we had hundreds upon hundreds of people here uh, on site. We reckon it was probably somewhere seven, maybe 800, somewhere in that kind of bracket. Uh, familiar faces. Fantastic to see so many familiar faces. Loads of people from our community, those streets around us, those areas that are uh, around this church that should be reached and effectively evangelised by this church. It's our responsibility. People were here. The community came in. That's fantastic. People were laughing. People were chatting. People were eating. People were drinking. People were having fun. People were experiencing church. Because this is no more church or no less church than last week. I know that's something that a lot of people might maybe struggle with. But uh, on, on Sunday morning, there were people last week wandering around going, we're here for church. <laughs> and it, it threw them for a bit. But it was church. It was God's people getting together, honouring God, worshipping God in all the different ways of our lives and our actions. We also... Uh, strategically hit some of the objectives that we put out right at the beginning of the year. I take you right back to to January and we talked about our visionary objectives for the year. What was God calling us to specifically do? The two things that we were really targeting, that there would be good recognition that CPC first of all exists. It's amazing that this building for so long has been uh, unrecognised and we've done steps over this last, uh, uh, the start of this year to get the cross on the side, to try and open it up, to get the blood donation in, to try and get people around, to make sure that people know that we exist as a church, as a group of God's people. But more importantly, that we're known as a group of people who love God, who love people, who love life. And I don't know about you, but last week, was there a bit of life in the building? Yeah, was there a bit of life on site? Fantastic. And the second one, those, one of those deliberate annual acts of outreach to our communities, north, south, east and west, I think I got that right this time, uh, the, the communities around us, Damagos Way and all the, the estate uh, towards the river, West Court, North Court, Chalk, and also our communities, those streets that where we live and the communities that we're part of. I am so proud of you guys. I'm so proud of the church that together we, that's the key word, together we pulled that off. Because together we got those leaflets out, together we pulled it together, to, together we served, together we were family, together we made it happen by God's grace. So well done. Yeah, absolutely. Pat yourself on the back and pat someone else on the back next to you. That's cool. Don't hit them too hard. Don't sue us if you get injured. That wouldn't be a good thing. And so we have already put it in the date in the diary, the 28th of August 2022. You have advance warning. Don't book your holiday on the bank holiday weekend. Sunday Funday Mark 2 is happening next year. Get it in your diary. Get it booked. We'll get all the details out. Uh, but we have got lots of things to learn. We've already uh, debriefed as a staff and got lists upon lists. But we want to hear from you. What, what things could we... What things were brilliant? What things did you think, oh, that was so good? Equally, what were the even better ifs? Just to quote Tessie on that one. The even better ifs, what could we do better? We want to hear. Write them, scribble them down, email them in, tell us at City, City Praise Centre. Put them on a piece of paper if you have to and hand them to us. We want to know. We want to be able to, to have a better impact in our community because God is at work. 
God loves this church. Amen. God loves this community. Amen. And so he wants us to get out there. He wants us to have an impact. And this is the first of what will become a series of different events, different ways, different days, different times, different styles. But we will impact our community for Christ because that's what we're here for. That's what we're about. And in many senses, the Sunday Fun Day was the culmination of, a, of the year so far. We've talked uh, for the last four months or so on and off pretty much about mission, about being dedicated to mission, trying to, to, to get our mindset going that we want to be continuously looking outwards. It's not about church looking in, it's about church looking out. And as we are the church, we have to look out. We have to look at the people around us. We have to, to care about our neighbours. We have to, to be uh, outward focused. The Great Commission, as we've talked about over these last few months, was God's last standing order through Jesus Christ on earth. And it was there and it's still there to go out into the world to preach the good news, to make a difference for him and for his glory. But that built this year on on the start where we explore this idea of maturity. Maturity. Goodness, at this moment we are looking at, at kids who are going off to university because they are growing up. Growing up is something that none of us can dodge, although ageing maybe is slightly more. Growing up might be difficult. Ageing <laughs> is definitely something that we all do. It's scary to think when you... you we were only looking back at photos the other day and... Uh, You've got the, the kids starting school and now the kids are, are in their last years at school. And, and it, where's the time gone? Maturity is that, that process that should be going alongside, not just growing older, but growing up. We should be growing up. And the, we started the year with this, this challenge to grow up in God, ongoing, so that we're always taking a step further along the road of, of knowing Jesus, being connected with him, being challenged and changed by him to be more like him. And so we've looked at that step, maturity. We've looked at mission, but where do we go next? It's September. It's the time. It's a new season. So I'll take you back to the, the things that you saw on the screen, the, the new videos that, that David's been working hard on. We believe that it's God's will to build a large outward-looking church in Gravesham. One that is strong in membership, growing in maturity, that is dynamic in ministry and dedicated to mission and is awesome in worship. And with God's help, we will achieve these goals. So we may have at this stage for this year ticked off talking about mission. No doubt we'll come back to it, don't panic. We'll also, we've ticked off this year talking about maturity, but we want to, to draw this, this next season. We want to be looking at the idea and exploring how we can be strong in membership. Strong in membership. It's interesting, isn't it, that, that churches, a lot of the time, you go and you, you, you chat to people and they talk about their membership. They might talk about their membership role or their, or their list or, or something like that. But that term isn't used in the Bible. It's a shocker, isn't it? We use terms in church and they, they, we sometimes have no connection back to Scripture. So we probably should ask, what is biblical membership? What does that mean? Where does that come from? 
So often uh, churches use membership as a, a, a numbers game and it's a bit of a competition. You get that weird thing. I, every now and then I'm, I'm at uh, different uh, gatherings of church leaders and there's a slightly weird thing that goes on where people talk about their membership of their church and it's, let's be honest, it's nonsense because God did more with 300 men with Gideon than, than he could have done with 10,000. Numbers doesn't count. Numbers is not important. God did more with Abraham, who was one man, who was an old man with an old wife, than he did with anybody else. He turned history around based on that. In fact, history pivots completely and utterly on one man, Jesus Christ. So numbers is not something that we're interested in. Membership isn't a thing about numbers. But what is it? So I've got a few Bible verses. Let's, let's pop Colossians up on screen. But before we, we read that one, I'm going to read out Romans 16, 3 to 5 to you. This is Paul writing to the church in, Roman, uh, church in Rome, book of Romans, and it's his concluding paragraphs. It's the point where he gets personal when he starts chatting to people. And he says this, Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me, and I am thankful to them. And so are all the Gentile churches. Also give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. He's talking specifically to Priscilla and Aquila, a, guy and a, a girl and a guy, get it the right way around, wife and husband, and the church that meets in their home. Colossians 4.13. Please give my greetings, this is Paul again, to our brothers and sisters at Laodicea. That was a, a, a town pretty close to Colossae. And to Nympha and the church that meets in her house. The church that's in her house. I'll take you to Philemon 1, 1 to 2. You don't need to turn there, but you can check it later if you want. This letter is from Paul, a prisoner for preaching the good news about Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. And I'm writing to Philemon, our, bro- our beloved co-worker, and to our sister Appia and our fellow soldier Archippus. I'm sure that's probably not how it's pronounced, but, but that's my best guess. And to the church that meets in your house. We find this, this reference keeps coming back to the church that meets in their house, her house, your house. Paul writes these, these letters to churches and we often think of church and we think of something like this or we may think of a, a big building or a big structure. But in the early church, it was the church was meeting in a house. The church was the gathering of people who believed. It was not talked about in the hundreds at that moment. It was talked about in the 10s, 20s and 50s. It grew. Oh, by golly, it grew. Because they got the foundation right. They got the relationships right. That's why when you read so much of what Paul writes to the churches, particularly if you're you're doing Bible in the year, you're probably round about uh, one or two Corinthians, Paul is just on and on and on about relationships, getting right relationships, about being strong in membership, connected in the right way. There are letters we don't even know about. There's an extra letter to the uh, Corinthians that we don't have. There will be extra letters because he would have written tons of letters to the churches, but the ones we have emphasise this point. It's all about the people who meet in their home, meet in her home, 
meet in your home. The gathering together. The author of Hebrews picks up on the same idea, the same concept. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 25. It says this, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and to good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Key phrases that leap out of that passage. Motivate one another to acts of love, good works. Don't neglect meeting together, as some do. Encourage one another. Who have you encouraged this morning? Have you encouraged anyone this morning? Have you patted someone on the back and said, hi, how are you doing? Your hair looks great. I get in trouble when I do that because it, I tend to pick on the person who's not brushed their hair that day. But, but encourage people, bless them. Gather together, spend time with each other. That sense of being together, of meeting, it's a big word, meeting together, spending time in each other's company and serving are all implicit in scripture just before church uh, we were chatting a couple of us and uh, saying this is great church is great when we gather and we sing and we worship and but actually one of the things that's really valuable is when we linger and chat so one of the reasons why last Sunday evening was such a blast because we lingered and danced. I know, Yinka, did you bring enough anointing oil to sort of cast out the demons of dodgy dancing? Uh, <laughs> but, that, but we lingered. We danced. Well, I didn't dance. You don't want to see that. But we, we spent time together talking, worshipping, because we were giving God the glory. And if you weren't there, you missed out on, on someone kicking off a, a rendition of Shine Jesus Shine in the middle of, of the whole thing, which was like, whoa! I think I got whiplash from that. It was, it was quite a shock. I guess you, like me, could easily fill your wallets, both the physical wallet and your digital wallet on your phone, with, with loyalty cards and membership cards of, of most shops that you visit and use, Yeah? My wallet might look something more like this, but Tesco's, Club Card, other shops are available. Costa Coffee, Screw Fix, Petrol Stations, Ikea Card, Matalan, although I can never find it after I've signed up for it. It disappears. Costco, you get the idea. We can fill up our pockets with membership cards, membership of all these kind of things. But that membership, that means nothing to us, really. If we're honest, do you feel a member of Costco? You might get a little bit of money off. Woohoo! That's always good. You've got no personal connection. You've got no stake in that organisation or stake in the relationships. It's just a, a loyalty card. It's a token. I think if Jesus, Paul, the early church... James, any of the, the apostles 
were around modern day and they, they heard the, the use of the term membership the way that we do with, with cards and things. They think it's daft. It's completely ridiculous. They wouldn't recognise it at all. This idea of consumer benefit. You might get a discount. You might get your sixth cup of coffee free. Woo! But there's no personal connection. The thing about church is it's about being active, not passive. Let me say that again because that is vital to to who we are and where we go. The thing about church is it's about being active, not passive. It's about being involved, not sitting back. It's not about being a consumer, but about being consumed by God's love. And then acting on that and responding to that and being involved in that as a result. So if the Bible doesn't use the term membership, what term does it use? Well, it does use the term member. And it might seem just a very small change, but the word member appears loads of times. Loads of times in loads of different ways, but particularly starts to move our thinking on from that that idea of the club or the loyalty card, but actually onto something that that has something of deep, profound profundity. But that's a bit of a a weird word. Deep, a sense of deep sense of being profound. So can I get you, get your Bibles out, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. It will pop up on screen, but, but I dare you, get your Bible out as well. It's always useful to know where these books are. You may sort of say, oh, but we're, we're reading lots from, from the New Testament letters. Well, the New Testament is where we find the church was birthed. So it makes sense that we, we draw from that at this time. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 18 to 22. Everyone ready? Cool. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit, Because of what Christ has done for us. Now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens. Let me say that again. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's what? Family. Together we are his house. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone of Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. We could, we could just camp there and just spend hours. We won't, don't panic. But just exploring what Paul is saying. Paul is a Jew. Paul has come from that, that position where he was, was radically opposed to, to what he called a sex, the followers of Jesus, until Jesus interrupted his life. Don't we know that that's so often the way with people? They, they have no time for, for, for Christians, they have no time for church, they have no time for God until God interrupts their life. And he may use any which wonderful way to do it, but he will interrupt And Paul suddenly finds himself, this Jew who had been inward looking, looking out and saying, you're also all part of the family. All you other guys who who may, in his case, 
look different, talk a different language, experience life in a different way, have different rules and different norms and different experiences are all part of one family. Members of whose? God's family. It trumped the Jewish family. Yeah? That's, that's the thing that we have to sometimes wrap our heads around, that, that the Jews thought it was all about them. But God turned the thing around and said, it's all about all of you. His whole family, everyone together. I love verse 19. So you, you Gentiles are no longer strangers or foreigners. Yes, sometimes, can it, particularly in, in, in church, if you don't know many people, can it be a little bit like, oh, I'm, I'm the stranger, I'm the foreigner, I don't know anybody? Turns it around. You are no longer that. You are citizens along with all the rest of God's people. I want to say to you this morning, if you know nobody or if you know everybody, it's the same. You are members of God's family. Or the, the members of God's family here in this place, present together. It goes on to say that we are his house. It's that sense of we are already his house. This is the house of God, but it's not the building. This is the house of God. We are the house of God. Carefully joined together in him. Carefully. God is is careful about how he's joined us together. You are not here because of an accident. You are not here because your car broke down outside or whatever it might have been or you got waved into the car park by the, uh, the enthusiastic external host team. That's not why you're here. You are here because God chose you. You're not here just because of the fact that that's because your parents come here. You are here because God chose you. You are part of this church whether you are young or whether you are old. It doesn't matter whether you've grown up in the church or moved into the area. It doesn't matter if you've been here three minutes or three months or three years or 33 years. I don't think anyone's on 300 years, are they? We are all in this together. We are all connected. We are all together, God's temple in this place. And part of this holy dwelling place by his spirit. Because that's what connects us. His spirit dwelling in us. The spirit of God Sometimes we say that so quickly, don't we? We talk about the Holy Spirit and we, and we gloss over it and we forget just for a moment that God put his spirit in the person next to us and the person on the other side and the person in front of us and the person behind us and the annoying person standing at the front talking and us. God put his spirit his very own presence in us, in each of us, in all of us. In Scripture, we find uh, almost three dozen times that, that family and member are t- turn up in the same verse. The vast majority of those times, it also adds in, in your household. And so by the time it strings it together, it is full of references to being family members suddenly membership has a different meaning it's no longer about the the loyalty card or the or the benefit we can get from turning up to the same coffee company it's about being family members in the same household there may be many households across this town but we are all family members we are all connected in 
but there is a particular bond in a household. Yeah? When you get together with your extended family, do you have fun? But sometimes it's quite nice to go home and just have the few that you normally live with, yeah? You, you know each other. You can deal well in those situations. 130 times in Scripture, in the New Testament alone actually, the Bible talks about brothers. It's now commonly translated as brothers and sisters because it recognises the authorial intent, what the author intended. That's, a, that's the big thing about when we look at Scripture is understanding what the author was trying to say. What's God trying to say with this? Brothers and sisters, that's family members, isn't it? You can't be a brother with someone and not part of the same family. I think that's a fairly secure rule. Yeah? You can't be a sister to someone and not be part of the same family. The Wakanda sisters <laughs> are part of the family together. The different groups, the brotherhoods, the, the gatherings, we're all part of the same family. Galatians 6, 1 to 3. Again, Paul writing to another church, the church in Galatia. And he says this, Dear brothers and sisters, if any believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should what? Gently and humbly help that person back to the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptations yourself. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. Because if you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. That's a bit blunt, isn't it? If you think you're, not, if you think you're too important, no, you're not. <laughs> None of us are that important. All of us need brothers and sisters to come alongside to help. We all need support. We all need challenge. We all need the, the picking up when we fall over. We all need that. And we need to do it for each other. We must never let someone fall. The, uh, the, 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 more, the night, I think, the, um, that my daughter was born, I went home and um, was a bit stunned and a bit shocked. I was like, oh, what the heck? And I watched... It probably wasn't a smart move, but I didn't want to go to bed straight away. I didn't know what to do, so I, very ungodly, I watched a film. Uh, and so Claire's left in hospital, and I'm sat at home watching a film, uh, which was called No Man Left Behind. Uh, I think it was a Mel Gibson, something to do with the Vietnam War. And I ended up at the end of that in, in absolute floods of tears. I was a complete, complete wuss, because the horror, the shock of the fact that one day I will almost certainly leave someone behind. I would leave my daughter, and now my son, behind. That, in the expected normal way of things, we mustn't be leaving anyone behind. We must continuously, for all the time that God gives us on this planet, be lifting each other up, supporting each other, encouraging each other. The Jews got this. This is why we get bored when we read the Old Testament sometimes, because it's full of genealogies. Yeah, You go through and so-and-so begat, or so-and-so was the father of, dot de dot de dot And in the end of it, you're thinking, why do I need to know this? It's because family is important. And to the Jews, the only way they could do that was to write it down and make it plain and, and list it out so it lasted. In our Western individualistic society, we tend to, to run away from family and, and, and being able to own a family name. But that's not something that's common around the world. 
In Africa, that's not the, the way that things work. It's about pride in your family name. Well, we need pride in the family name. We need to own the family name of Christ. We need to own that and look after each other and not let one brother or one sister fall one side or the other. We share each other's burdens. We do it gently and humbly so that we're not overcome ourselves. Because if we're not prepared to, to help, then we suddenly find ourselves that we're actually not that important. The Bible continuously comes back to what are we going to do about stuff? How are we going to act? For the last five years or so, and it, it probably doesn't look it, but I've been part of a running club for, for a long time. Run, by running, I mean moving slowly. Uh, but I've been part of a group called Medway Fit that, that pound the pavements of Medway, and they do it, there's, there's groups every day of the week. It's not an advert, don't panic. But I never imagined that I would ever do something like that. I never imagined that I would get involved in something that kind of way. And, and I'm one of the group who's there because I'm trying to stop maturity, as in the age side of things, taking its toll on me. I'm trying to stop the, the, the decline in energy and, and uh, ability from, from catching up with me. I desperately want to be fitter and stronger just to be able to keep up with life. But there are other people there who are, who are elite runners who train for marathons, and we just wave them off. They're like, bye. There are others who are, who are there who are literally just starting the journey after maybe illness or, or, or life has, has beaten them up over years on a couch to 5K where they're just starting to get some energy back. Am I a sold-out running evangelist? Nope. I go out once a week. That's it. I do it because I know that if I don't, I won't do it. And if I don't do it, then it's just going to get bad and it's going to get worse. Others may go out every week. doesn't matter. Do I always enjoy it? No. <laughs> Normally afterwards. I feel good afterwards, during. Yeah. But I enjoy the camaraderie. I enjoy the family nature of it. People together in, in a group, and what, you, you go out in a group with people who are the same sort of ability as you, and I look around and think, goodness, must try harder. <laughs> and, the, and you look around at these groups, and you go out together, but you laugh and joke and banter and whinge and complain as you go up the hills, but you do it together. I don't lead. I'm not a leader in the group in any way, shape or form. But that doesn't mean that I don't try and encourage others. It doesn't mean that I don't uh, sign up to sessions and turn up when I'm booked up to be there. It doesn't mean that I don't chat to those who I already know and build friendships and relationships and equally chat to those who are new to welcome them in. Because I'm part of the family. We're a family group. And if you can do that while running... Can't we do that in church? That's what we've got to be like. That's what the, the, the values that we've got to, to draw together. Being strong in membership isn't about signing up to a whole bunch of T's and C's. Yeah, you will not find a, a T's and C's type membership statement. We're not putting one of those out. It's not about putting your name on a list somewhere either. Just not the case. It's not about securing preferential deals or seats, although I'll be honest, if you want to sit on the front row, come sit on the front row. If I get here on a Sunday morning and there's no space, I don't mind, I'll sit wherever. There's no reserved seating. No, not one, nowhere. You sit where you want. 
Although if you all sit at the back, I might complain. (laughs) It's not about getting early tickets or prestige. It's about being family. Luke chapter 22. Let's, Let's start to draw this to a close with Jesus. Luke 22, 24 to 27. With his disciples, it says this. Then they began to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. And Jesus told them, In this world, the kings and great men lord it over the people. Yet they are called friends of the people. Ironic. But among you, it will be different. Those who are greatest among you should take the lowest ranks and their leader must be or should be like a servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one that sits at the table, of course, but not here. For I am among, I am among you, says Jesus, as one who serves. A couple of days ago, we finally had the opportunity this summer to get out to, to Thorpe Park. It had been something we planned earlier. And I was all up for doing all the rides, and I did the first half of the day. And then by the end of it, it was like, whoa. Obviously getting old. (laughs) But it was fun because there was a transition. A few years ago, I would have been the one chasing to get onto the next ride. And instead, I I sat there. I became bag lady, held all the bags. (laughs) And the kids went off to go and do the ride again and again and again. Well, my head's just still spinning from the last one. But that's the thing. It's about being able to serve. I may be responsible for my family, but that means I have the, ab- the ability, the opportunity to serve. The father in a family knows that it's not about getting everything he wants, but providing for the young ones, carrying the responsibilities that fit to our shoulders. In a family, everyone pulls their weight, but some weigh more and less than others. Mothers and fathers often pull much more than their kids. And yet everyone feasts and celebrates together. As I said at the start, I am so proud of this family because of what we did together. For the first time since the pandemic started, all those many months ago, and we're sick of hearing about it, aren't we? But we had a chance to see the whole church together. The whole church together serving our community, involved in mission, volunteering for extra shifts, turning their hand to whatever was needed, RFA, ready for anything. And then the family party afterwards. The younger ones dancing with skill. Some of the older ones dancing with skill. Some of the older ones not dancing with skill. (laughs) Bit of dad dancing here and there. Everyone eating and drinking together. And in the background, what you probably didn't see, well, you may have done, but there were various father figures in the church. Yinka, Michael, and others, I'm not going to name drop anymore, were there tidying up, clearing up chairs, stacking things away, not making a fuss, not trying to shut it down, but just doing the work that was needed. Because that's what fathers do. That's how fathers serve. Honour where it's due. And we're going to end this morning because family, membership is all about family. Being a member is all about family. By throwing up a video that was made of last Sunday. 
which is going to, I hope, be a good laugh. So try and spot yourself. <laughs> 